Blog Talk Radio. Sure. 
Yeah, sure. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just another day out in Southern California. Oh, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hey. let's uh, let's get deep into into this podcast. Um, obviously, the Wings are nine one and zero in their last ten, and since losing Jimmy Howard, what do you guys think of of the stretch? Of sort of come out after the All-Star break? and Well, winning is good. I'll uh, I'll never not be excited to win. Um, I feel good. I feel all right. You know, I have I do I wish they would have won in different ways for in most of those games? Yeah. Um, I don't know. They've been they've been outshot a lot lately, um, which is, you know, always something that opens up my eyes and I always look at it and I don't know. That's just the way uh I guess the analytics have changed the way I kinda look at the game. Um but still winning is good and I will never not say that winning is good. So I just wish that our division wasn't <clears throat> so annoying. Know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be nice to be able to go nine one in ten games and actually gain ground, except that two other teams mm-hmm. are also red hot right now. That's like annoying because what we were in first literally a day ago, and then after last night, oh, welcome, welcome to third, assholes. Isn't that what happened the last time we were in first place? Yep, pretty much. And it's probably going to be like that, barring like some ridiculous injury to some team. And, and, you know, it's probably just going to be a, a, a race right to the finish. So, I don't know. <clears throat> right now I want to be in first, but maybe when I'm when we're close to – more close to the playoffs and we know what teams are going to be where, maybe I won't want to be first just because, you know, certain teams you don't want to play or I don't want to play, but whatever. Well, you don't want to fall too far or else, you know, Boston will catch you. Knock you out of the division. Right. <laughs> well, Boston has been catching us for the past three weeks, according to Jeff. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, don't, if you look don't at both the back. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at where they were on New Year's Eve, they were facing. They played twelve games in January, eight on the road, four at home, and then they've got this absolute monster February where they play. I think it's eleven games, and nine of them are on the road, and they went. I don't know. They won a lot of games uh, in January, and they won their first two of February. So Mm -hmm. um, I think going in, I was honestly looking and thought if they get through January and February about 500, especially with Howard being hurt, that would be a a good stretch. And then you can get into March and April when they play a ton of games at home in March. uh, And the schedule kind of eases up a little bit. Now Mm -hmm. it's almost like... I, I said it privately and then said it publicly. I believe if they're within four points of the division by the end of February, they will win the division. Okay. All right. Too bad they don't it's give you a Stanley Cup for doing that. <laughs> I wish they did. I don't know. But I mean, if you yeah. look at if you look at how how the how the team kind of played out over since the beginning of the season. I mean, the the power play is like night and free and day. Um, 
I mean, they're still number one in the league, you know, most power play goals in the entire league. Um, PK is definitely, the, the penalty kill is definitely dropped off, which sucks because that was bread and butter for us. But I think that has a lot to do with, you know, Jimmy Howard not being there because he was one of our best penalty killers. So. Yeah, they're still top ten, which I think is where they want to be. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. So could be worse, but also I think it's going to be depending on what happens with Carey Price and whether Carey Price can continue on the absurd season he's having. And then he's a robot, so he probably will. He's he's really really good, and it's ridiculous because that team is so poorly coached, and it's just they like really he are. Is, they mm-hmm. like, it's just it's unreal what he's done. Like his statistics are ridiculous right now. And it's just like there's no way a guy can can sustain something like that. But I think he probably can, so Good so this is a good segue. <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like Performance-wise, I'm even though the the Red Wings haven't been getting the the wins as as pretty as we would have liked lately, they're still one of the the top teams in the league as, as far as the the metrics which which show you know what a team actually has to do to be good. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm way more afraid of, of Tampa Bay as a contender than I am of, of Montreal. Even though I think Carey Price is, is definitely the X factor. I mean, if he keeps playing like this, then yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, that's it's comes my caliber all the way, but yeah, for sure. Uh, Tampa, as far as what they do as a team, I think uh, they're they're a better team, and they're a they're a really interesting matchup for the Red Wings. They are because the Red Wings haven't done much winning against them over the past two seasons since moving east. So because we lost Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Son of a bitch. Uh, I I ruined your a little bit. Yeah, no, it's okay. It, you, what's what's what else is new with you? Um, goalie <laughs> controversy is that a thing? I, so I'll just give you some stats and then you guys can talk. Mrazek, obviously the, the shootout wins are a really big deal to fans apparently. Nine fourteen, yeah. save percentage two four two goals against, which is just a team stat. 13-4-1 for the season. And then you've got Howard with the 9-20 and 16-7-7. and What do you think of that? I think, I, think, I think the save percentage came up after it was in the high eights. Uh, I think after the Florida game was where uh, he he just he wasn't good. Was that the Tampa game? I think, yeah. No, it was the Tampa game. Um so it's I, I I'm happy that the save percentage has crept up. I I think that uh the team's scoring a lot more than they were when uh, Howard was in. Uh but uh Mrazek's played well. He's he's done as well as you could expect from your backup goaltender to come in for a long period of time. Because he's mm-hmm. I mean, he's the backup, not Gustafson. I mean there's no drop off there from Gustafson to Mrazek. So um in terms of an overall controversy, no. I mean, they they go as far as they go further with Howard than they do with Mrazek. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the, you know, like his adjusted save percentage, I think is, I what, uh, 
it's like it's nine. It's like it's over. It's like above league average for for Morantic. I mean, um, I think he's done a good job. He he, he kind of bonded him out there for a minute, um, and it it kind of sucked because it was just like shit. But um, you know, he he kind of he bounced back big time and and played his played his played his ass off ever since. Um, you know, but the team has thankfully found ways to win um, despite. Um, having, uh, you know, having, you know, subpar goaltending out of him. Um, I think what I'm more worried about is just the shit I'm going to have to read when Howard makes his comeback and loses a game and, like, his first game back. I'm not going to be ready Yeah, for that. you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's mm-hmm. coming. He's going to – what, I think they said Moranz is going to start against Pittsburgh. So, what, Howard will, Howard will start against Winnipeg and let – let two goals in and they'll lose two to one and it'll be all Howard's fault. So, I mean, you know, I just, I think the worst possible thing is for him to just lose the shootout in his first game back. Yeah. That, that would suck. What do you think of the idea? Actually, there are three things that, that Mrazek does better than Howard. Um, one is shootouts. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, he's been way, way, way better. Uh, two is he moves the puck from behind the net better, which, I mean, if if you want to say that has anything to do with how well the Red Wings create offense or or keep shots away, um, I guess. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see you prove it. Um, right. And third is like he's just he's younger, so and he's the back. Yeah. He's he's more backupy, so of course he's he's just only more popular with a. a percentage of the Red Wings fan population just because it's, you know, that's always one of the most popular guys in town is, is your backup goalie. Um, right. I mean, I'll say it as, as respectfully as possible. The concept of the Red Wings moving on from Jimmy Howard uh, to like to go with the ride Morazic for the rest of the year just seems insane to me. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would be very not, well, Morazic sort of reminds me right now. I mean, he's better, but he reminds me of what Gustafson did last season. Remember when Gustafson came in and started that that whole slew of games, and was even getting starts over Howard because Howard was having a shitty season, um, and he, the team was just finding ways to win, even if he did play like shit. Um, kind of reminds me of that. Uh, obviously, Morazic's younger. He's a lot better mechanics-wise, poise-wise, um, attitude-wise. Um, but you know, do I want? Do I do I think that Peter Morazic is going to be better, not only over 40 games in a season than um, Jimmy Howard, but let alone like in the playoffs? Yeah, I know. I know that you know there's a lot of controversy with Howard in the playoffs and everything, but you know he was doing pretty damn well at last in the against Boston at first and then you know he got he got he got fucked up and then the Red Wings were just screwed. So and then again Boston was really good and the Red Wings weren't, you know, nearly like what they were now what they are now. So it's just you know, I don't think there's controversy, but obviously there's going to be controversy when you have a ba- a young backup like that who comes in and plays really well, the team starts winning, you know. That's why people are like, you know, the, the the knee jerk reaction is you're winning. Why change something? So I don't know. And I think also he's also winning in the lower leagues. Like he 
September that led Grand Rapids to Calder, right? Right. Yeah. And then he was also the goaltender on the Czech Republic for that World Junior run, where I just remember there's that one highlight of him crashing into the dog pile of his teammates. I was at that game. That was good. Or bad. That good. What do you guys what do you guys think is the perfect situation scenario with Mrazek, Howard, and Gustafson all healthy? What would you guys like to see? I yeah, I perfect situation in a perfect world. I'd like to see Gustafson traded for even future considerations to a team who desperately needs goalie depth. Um, and then Mrazic just comes in and, and um, not only does the backup job, but does the job of challenging Howard. Because I know that's what kind of goalie Mrazic is. He will he will challenge, you know, he will challenge, you know, for a job. And that's just the kind of nature he has. So I don't know. So I think that would be my, my ideal situation. I disagree slightly. Like, I I wouldn't trade Gustafson for nothing or future considerations or, you know, bullshit seventh-round pick, whatever. Um, I would trade Gustafson if there's actual, like, semi-decent value. Like, if you can get, like, maybe a fourth round for him, then, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd probably pull the trigger and go exactly with, with that plan. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm actually okay with Mirage going back down to Grand Rapids for the rest of the regular season and mm-hmm. essentially um, – you know, staying fresh and Gustafson can, you know, spell Howard for, for however long. And then when the playoffs right. roll around, uh, sorry to say it, Griffins, but Morazic's are backup and Gustafson can go pound sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good one. Too. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's just a little bit more depth that way. Uh, see, I would trade. Justice in for for something for something of value because you like there are teams that are going to want goaltending. Philly's going to need it. Um, you know, there's probably other teams too. But what I would do is going forward for the rest of this season because a lot of people are saying, well, if, why keep Mrazek up if he's not going to play? I think you play him, not full time. But Howard's coming off of a, a decently at least it's a groin tear, and for a goaltender. Um, that's probably, I would guess, a really bad injury to have. And he's had yeah. groin injuries in the past. So instead of – after Pittsburgh, there were 29 games left. Instead of playing Howard in 20 of those games and potentially screwing him up, play him in 16 and play Mrazic the other 13. So you're essentially almost almost doing a 50-50 thing. That way, you can still play a hot hand. So if Mrazic gets hot and Howard's not playing Mrazic, if Howard gets hot and Morazic doesn't, okay. I mean, he can still spell him for a game, but um, I think. And then, yeah, but I agree. Once you get into the playoffs, have Morazic as your backup, and then because I mean, Babcock has shown in the past if one goalie is not playing well, he has no problem switching to the other goalie in a playoff series if he thinks that'll help his team. Although last year it was because Howard got hurt. Right. I'm totally cool with that. Now, Graham, uh, clarify something for me. If they can't trade. Gustafson, uh, do you like do you just wave him to send him to Grand Rapids to make that happen, or do you just deal with Gustafson being your backup? I I keep Gustafson in Grand Rapids. I think okay. I think Morazic earns the backup spot at this point, and uh, and should sure. stay with the team full time. Right. Yeah. Okay. If I embrace that. 
what do you guys think of the idea of like, you know, they go into a shootout to put Mrazek in if Howard's a starter? <clears throat> I don't think sort of like that's soccer ever style. Happen. No, that's insane. Yeah, they're just not gonna. Babcock's not gonna do that. I, I'd love to he's, see. So it he's shot. Babcock. Yeah. Babcock is way too cerebral of a coach, and I just don't think he takes that that step of, hey Howard, you played really good, you got us this far, but I don't think you can get us far enough. So <laughs> once you take a seat, and we'll have the twenty-three year old come in and save the day. I think if anything, he. I would hope that. Uh, Babcock would go over to the to the shooters and say, "Hey, you know, Howard's a net, so maybe actually try scoring a goal for him. Give yeah, him a little absolutely. bit of a give him a little bit of a cushion because that'll help." In right. fairness, I am entirely in favor of just doing stupid, trolly things during the shootout. So let let Howard play his own shootout and send Morazic out there as the first as your own first shooter. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that. Fuck yeah. That would be awesome. At least it'd be entertaining. That would be amazing. That'd yeah. be great. Last last game of the season where there's nothing on the line. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. They're locked into a seed or something. And just, Goalie shoot. It goes into a shootout, and the other team's not affected either because, I mean, you'd hate to be, you know, screw them up, but <laughs> that'd be fantastic. All right. So let's talk a bit about the trade deadline that's coming up. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, that thing. Uh, Vander Kane, are they still looking for a defenseman? What do you guys think? Do you guys think Evander Kane would fit with the Red Wings? Well, he uh, hurt for a while, so I don't think that's going to happen. If Evander Kane gets moved during the season, it's going to be to a team who's tanking or isn't doing well, doesn't need the player right now, and he will it will help him or help them as a team going forward. Um, they need deep, like if they're going to make a move, like it's obvious that it's going to be defense. Um, you know. And you know, there's 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 a there's a handful of names out there that we could dish about. Um, but, you know, we talked about a lot about it today with each other. Um it's just what is gonna be the right move for this team? Because they're in such an awkward position. It's like you wanna win the cup now because you've got a window that is inevitably going to close for your players like Henry Sedeberg, Cattle Dust, uh, Nicholas Cronwall. Um, that window is is going is going to start closing sooner rather than later, and um, they're definitely in a win now situation. They have been, but um, you know, so it's like you don't. I don't think they need to. They don't want to go out and mortgage their future for a rental defenseman like Mike Green, who might not return. Um, you know, I think the only move that they can really that they really should be considering is putting up uh, prospects and a pick for a defenseman that's going to that isn't old and that will be a part of the team for more than one or two years. That's just is there my a defense- take on it. Yeah. What do you guys think about the Franson talks? I think uh, I actually think that's not a bad idea. I I will say this: a lot of people will say that they they either can't or they shouldn't because of the in division premium. I believe that that is not as big a deal in this situation as it would be normally, simply because Franzen is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So 
there's no guarantee that you're that when you're entering negotiations with the Leafs, the Leafs are going to say, well, we're giving you this guy who we're going to have to play against for four years because Ken Holland can say, blow it out your ass. We don't have any contract with him. We're going to get him for two months. So I'm not paying a – they shouldn't have to pay a premium just because he's within the division um, for a guy who two months from now might not be a Red Wing. If he goes right. in division for like a second rounder and a mid-level prospect – I'd be pretty upset that Holland didn't pull that deal. If he goes outside yeah. the division for that and you mm-hmm. find out later that, you know, Toronto's asking too much for an division, I guess I can see that. But my issue wouldn't be with Holland not pulling the trigger on that deal. It would be on Toronto for being too, you know, for being stupid and trying to ask for too much. But I like Cody. I think Cody Franson would be a great fit for Detroit for the stretch run without mortgaging the future. <clears throat> And you could sign him if you wanted to and bring him Which, back next yeah, year. Yeah, you probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, he fits He fits a lot of needs. So, I, right. I'm of the opinion that you take – you've got this huge logjam at defense. Um, I think a perfect deal for Cody Franzen within the division – I actually thought of this today as I was making my lunch – was um, a pick and Joe Hicketts. To Joe Toronto Hickett. for 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 Franson. Yeah, I'd make that trade. <laughs> I think anybody yeah, I who would wouldn't have... make that trade is an idiot. But um, yeah. I just think that Toronto is going to want more than Joe Hickett. <laughs> I think that they they're going to want Xavier Roulette or something. You know. Well, at, at that point, I mean, for me, that was that's where it would shut down. Is you know, Tony Franson is he's already. Right. Re- the Leafs, I don't think, have a ton of bargaining room with this because it's already been reported that Franzen has rejected their 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 free agent deal, like the, the contract extension. So mm-hmm. um, they have the Leafs are kind of over a barrel a little bit because they, it's not like they can, you know, trade him away, get a little something, and then re-sign him in the off season. It, it, from all the reports that are out there, he's not going back to Toronto unless they blow him away with money, which it doesn't sound like they'll do. They're going to spend all their money on bad cuts. Right. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah, I think, I think it's a good, I think it's a good fit. Go ahead, JJ. Like the, uh, the second and a process, cause I keep seeing that they're really only asking for a second. So I guess if that's the individual individual premium, my concern with Franson, and I don't know if, if how well based this is, because obviously he would be our top scoring defenseman if if he got traded. I think I don't I don't know I, that was a few days ago, so it, that might have changed. But he puts up offensive numbers, but every time I watch them, it's the the Toronto defense is goddamn insane. That that defense constantly jumps up and gets themselves caught. They are a very, very high-risk defensive uh, system. And the Red Wings simply do not play that defensive system. They do not play that risky. So I don't know if Franson is going to be the same guy um, with Mike Babcock where he's – I mean, he's going to be allowed to jump up in the play, but um, as far as jumping up in the zone, uh, Toronto's defenders spend way more time in the corners um, of the offensive zone than Detroit's do. And I don't know if that's – how much that's going to help versus, I mean, just what Alexei Marchenko as a right-hander is going to do for us. Or what right. Ryan Sproul could do if he yeah. was brought up. 
Yeah. yeah so Franzen currently has two more that. points than Cronwall. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So. I I but you know if you look at it, Franzen faces less like easier assignments than say Danny DeKaiser or Kyle Quincy do. So I mean, there's there's a lot of potential there that he comes in and just just can't can't hang. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's so tough to, to to gauge, and you know, it's like that's why like everybody like feels it's like, well, a guy like Tyler Myers could come in and play a lesser role, and you know, not be a top pair guy, and he might flourish. Um, but then again, I mean. Buffalo is much worse than Toronto is, so you yeah. Know. I mean, what we're hoping to get is is another Brad Stewart trade, where you get him and he's an instant fit on your second pair, and he's you know fantastic and really helps solidify an already uh, pretty okay defense. And I'm going to say I, I'm I think our defense is pretty okay. Um, yeah, it's fine. And it, I mean, basically, what you want to avoid is the another. Kyle Calder trade where you're just basically moving sideways and, and get nothing for it. Outside yeah, I mean, of the top I, pair, I'm sorry. Outside of the top pair, all of our defense has been pretty good. I just think that that top pair is heavily depended on. And it, I don't know, maybe that's just me thinking it, but you know, I it's been it's been it's been somewhat frustrating to watch sometimes that they, you know, they're, they're, you can tell that they're struggling, but you know, that second pair of the Kaiser and Quincy, they've been damn good this season. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, the third pair has been, has been okay. You know, I think Jacob Kendall is, is he'll never, I don't think he'll be seeing another game of the Red Wing. I honestly believe that. Um, I think he'll, I, unless like you know, there's an injury or something, but I think they're going to stay committed to having Smith and whoever prospect on that third third pair, um, <clears throat> unless you know a trade happens and they, you know they got to shuffle obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I want Detroit to go out and I want them to get a guy, a bona fide top pair guy who can jump in on that first pair next to Cronwall shuffle Ariston to the second pair or the third pair or something. And just because once, if that happens, you know, you're looking at a, a completely different team, I think. Yeah. And if you're looking at that, I mean, then you got to kind of limit your, your options there. Uh, Franson isn't that guy. Um, Petrie right, is like exactly. the very like least of the guys that you could, like you can play him on the top pair. I don't know if you want to. Um, Mike Green will play on the top pair, but he's he's obviously he's not a defensive defenseman. Uh, Keith Yandel, we've got a lot of confidence he could play on the top pair, um, although his usage has been uh, essentially second pairing for a long time. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson, I don't think that he's honestly available. I would love it if he were available. I would trade the fucking farm for him. Um, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, the, the offhanded comment that essentially Shane Doan is the only protected coyote, I just don't believe it. Like, I don't believe that they're dumb enough to move OEL. And so it kind of leaves us with, you know, with a, this huge want, but there really aren't number one defensemen available at the deadline. Right. No. What do you think about Mike Yeah. 
Ekman Larson is, is available in the same way that like Nyquist or Tatar would be available in that it would have <sighs> to be such an outrageous return coming the other way. That's the only way you'd make the deal is in some sort of massive blockbuster kind of thing. Yeah. It would have to be mm-hmm. a trade where you would like at first beat and go, Oh God. And you know, things <laughs> real bad. Um, you know, because it, it, it essentially would have to be a home run for Arizona. So, you know, which is always meh. But well, there, yeah, I, I, I don't believe anymore that he's on the tra- on the block anymore. Oh, and I don't no. believe it. No, he's not. He's not legitimately available. He's available in that you know somebody called and said, "I'll give you every single player, every good player you want on my team for him." That kind right. of available. <clears throat> I don't know, I guess I'm slowly talking myself into uh, more and more being okay with the Red Wings not making a trade. Yeah. What about Mark Mathot? No the... one talked about Mark Mathot. What do you guys think about him? He shoots left. He shoots left. Shoots left. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's only played like 15 games. And he's, he's got that yeah. Senator Vick on him still, so yep. forget that. Yeah. Plus yeah. individual premium, like. so. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, you. Okay, let's no. uh, let's roll into the Datsuk Tatar helm uh, line. Obviously, Tatar's twenty-three ah. goals, and they're all awesome because he's Tatar, and that's because I bought a yeah. jersey, so that's why he's having such a great season. Um, what are you seeing of Datsuk lately? He's getting old. He's uh, he's 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 getting there. You can tell it's it's starting to show. Because <laughs> um, I, I you know like he's still he's still that too. He still does those things where it just like you just stop and go, what the fuck was that? But you can tell with his skating, it's you know the age is starting to catch up to him. And um, player, and he's going to be a great player until he retires, but. <clears throat> you know, it's uh, he's definitely starting to come down. You know, but you know he's still producing. You know, obviously. So yeah, that's what I love about the usage of that line because Helm has been moving the piano exceptionally well, and Tatar is mm-hmm. essentially um, he's been playing the body. He's been moving. He's moves the puck really well. He's uh, been passing. It, it, Fantastically, um, yeah. I'm just worried about Datsu because it's it's clear that he's the gear that he usually has, where he's moving through the neutral zone uh, towards defenders, and he can, uh, you know, they they have that little bit of hesitation at the blue line where they think that they may want to step up on him, and and he's been, you know, he'll turn on the jets and and get mm-hmm. around them. He doesn't have that right now, and so right. Um, between that and falling down on board battles all the time, yeah, I, I think that it's. I, I'm just going to wildly speculate that his knee is bugging him. Um, mm-hmm. He's starting to remind me of uh, a little bit of of what Igor Larionov was in his last few days, where you can tell the hockey uh, genius is is there and the passing is is still there. Um, just the ability to uh, to do it all consistently yeah. isn't quite. But I think that he's still that's still a line that can match up with, with top lines and at the very least uh, shut them down and, and frustrate them simply because uh, Helm brings that element of speed that uh, that forces the defenseman to back off and, and Tatar's got that dangling. 
and Natsuki is right. just a, a genius in all three zones. So right. it works out, but I'd really like Natsuki to be completely healthy because I, I think that they're that line has, has the potential to do freaking amazing things. And they are doing freaking amazing things. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, when that line first got put together, my first thought was, what the, what the hell is this? Like, it was, it was, like, it made absolutely no sense. First of all, I didn't like the idea of Tatara and Shane being split up because I thought those two were fantastic together. And then, I mean, Dasuk and Tatar together is great, don't get me wrong, but then it was like, giving them helm, it was like, it's just, this, this doesn't make any sense. It was like making a chocolate cake and then putting ketchup on top of it because, you know, I like ketchup, so why not? Um, but it, it, they're fun to watch because you've got so much speed with Tatar and Helm out there that they're they're creating space for Datsu to still do the kind of things. And I agree with all you guys. With he's, he looks like he's slowing down at least a little bit. It could just be we're in the, you know, kind of the grind of the season now and um, you know, maybe he's maybe he's taken it. I don't care if Datsu never practices another day for the rest of the season if it means that he's healthy all year, but I keep I keep waiting for the dreaded uh Dat Soup's not he's not skating and he's questionable for tonight with a lower body injury kind of thing. Yeah. But um mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kinda look at that line now and I think, you know, if Dat Soup got hurt you could probably slide Riley Shane up there. It would be a downgrade. I mean, I'm not going to suggest that Riley Shane could replace Pavel Datsyuk, but that line, I think, right. could still be an effective scoring line for the Red Wings. I don't think that losing Datsyuk off that line as it's currently made up would be the devastating loss that it would be maybe a year or two ago. Yeah. Did you yeah. just intentionally rest Datsuk for a few games throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, we're definitely going to reach that point, I think, where Zetterberg, Zetterberg, Datsuk will uh, start get start getting their, uh, you know, their their maintenance, um, and that's totally okay, you know, just as long as you know we're not in in the bubble like we 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 have been. We're just we're we're okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think that if I'm Babcock, I'm definitely starting to think, okay, you know, this it, it's it's so it sucks so much because you know the the division is so tight. It's just you know, and it's like the wild cards. Even the teams on the bubble are going to start to press. So it's it's really a mm-hmm. it's really a, a conundrum. It's like yeah, you want to start resting these guys who are you know obviously need need the rest, but, you know, you, you just don't have that luxury yet. And whole, I don't know if they will, but who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Babcock goes fucking crazy and, and, you know, fucking puts Luke Lendenning on the second line. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. <clears throat> no, I mean, I wouldn't either. I would, I would, you know, I would be happy, but so pissed off. <clears throat> Well, I mean, you look at their looking at the wing schedule. They have four more back-to-back sets for the rest of the year. But like, they just came off a stretch where they were off for four full days before they played Colorado. Now they're in this stretch where they got three days off. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have any any real huge stretches. But if you look at their back-to-backs, 
two of them are uh, Anaheim, L.A., so I don't even think they travel for that because I would imagine they'd probably stay in the same place. Um, they do an at Boston and home against Edmonton. They do the Florida trip one more time, and then they do at home against Tampa and then in New York. So yeah. none of the back-to-backs involve any sort of strenuous travel or anything. Really, this is this six-game trip that's coming up is the last major road trip that they have for the year. The next longest trip they have is mid-March where they play four games in a week, back-to-back uh, Philly-Pittsburgh, and then back-to-back in, in Florida with three days okay. off in between. So it's not – I don't think it's an arduous schedule, but, yeah, I, I could see if his knee's really bugging him, you know, maybe taking the, the, uh, the front or back half of those back-to-backs off just to, just to rest like the, what Solani used to do. Um, yeah. When he was getting up there, you know, because barring something catastrophic happening, they're going to make the playoffs. So you got to save them for that. That's when it's important. If it's right, right. You know, if it's if you you want to win the division, but with the way the playoffs are set up now, one versus four, that first wild card is not as big. A, it's not as big a uh, an advantage right. as it used to be. So I don't know. Everybody in the East is, is going to be tough who makes the playoffs. So it doesn't matter. I mean, no matter who they draw in the first round, it's going to be a hard series. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that that road trip that's coming up. They've got a six-game road trip with Chicago, Dallas, Anaheim, L.A., San Jose, and Nashville. What do you guys Eesh. think that they're going to come out of that? That's I, – I don't know. Um, that's where we're going to really find out. Um, if this team is, I think that's where we're going to really find out. Like, I think we might have, I think I'm like fully expecting a moment. I I turn the game off and I go, holy fuck, we need help. Um, but maybe they proved me wrong. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's like you're, you're playing essentially you're playing. Okay. The Blackhawks were the Blackhawks. They're a fine tuned hockey machine. They can score whenever the hell they want. Um, then you play Dallas, who is the fart noises. And then you play the Ducks, who are the Ducks. They're shitheads, but they're still a good hockey team. The LA Kings, who around that time, that's when they should be starting to think, oh, hey, we're going to be in the playoffs, so maybe we'll play hockey now. Um, the Sharks are having one of the one of the more bad seasons in, in, in recent history. Um, but I don't want to write them off. And then obviously Nashville is Nashville. So it's, it's, you're playing a lot of teams who are really, really, really good. And, you know, you've come off, you're coming off of a win streak, a 10 game, you know, 10 games of winning games, even though getting out shot, it's like, it, it, it could either be a huge fucking wake up call or it could be a, all right. I think I think I think we're good. Um, so I think after these six games, I will know for sure if they should make a move at the deadline, or if I would be more comfortable with them not doing. See, that's the serious time for that road trip is right before the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the most likely to lose games, so the most likely for the fans to be like, "Fuck, trade everybody." Right. Um, I remember after the game on Saturday against uh, Arizona, I. I asked everybody in our uh, super secret whim chat 
to uh, remind me of the way the Red Wings have been winning games lately because uh, yeah. when they lose, when they lose like four in a row, it's, it's going to be so hard to remember that this is this is a good team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Chicago's. I mean, Chicago's very good. Dallas, they're playing a lot better, but their goaltending is bleh. That, but yeah. to me, the, the whole key to the trip is the California trip because they've they've struggled on that trip recently. Anaheim and San Jose, just uh, they are two teams that, you know, when they were being built, were being built to beat the Red Wings, and there's still a lot of that team left in them. So they match up very well against the Red Wings. The Kings are, I mean, the Kings on the road versus the Kings at home are two totally different teams. That right. still has uh, Rennie back, and they're playing really good hockey. And they got, I mean, they got embarrassed the first time they played Detroit, which was awesome to be at. But, yeah. um, <laughs> again, they're they're going to be at home, and they're in the thick of it. So the, the one thing is, you've got six teams, and actually the rest of this month, you've got nine games against teams that are all fighting for either a playoff spot or positioning. So there's no, you know, they got rid of the two easy teams for the month already and beat them both the way they were supposed to. Now it's, you know, they get into um, into this, but I, I think, honestly, I could see, I, I think a split, a 3-3, three and three, you get 6 out of 12 points on that road trip. I honestly think I'd be pretty happy with that, uh, as long as some of the behaviors of uh, what they were playing at the beginning of the year when they were being successful, with, if those came back, and they just happen to lose, you know, they get maybe run into a hot goalie one night or just, you know, maybe the shots just don't go in or something. I can deal with that. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're winning games that the the process is not, would not lead to favorable results over a longer period of time. But they're banking points. Mm-hmm. So you kind of go, okay, this is fine for now. Because last year, right. th- those games that stretch that they just went through, where they were getting out shot and stuff, they would have lost all those games last year. Yeah. So, you know, good teams find a way to win even when they're not playing their best, and they they've been scoring a lot, but they're not defensively. They still need to tighten up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I I would be happy with a split. I guess so, it just um, depends on. How the ha- the Habs and the Lightning play. <laughs> mhm. Anyway, let's talk some Babcock. Um, obviously, we know he wants more money. And uh, what do we think? Do we think that he's sort of refallen in love with coaching, like the new Red Wings? Is 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 the Toronto machine still on? Right. I think. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I really don't think there's going to be any sort of movement on Babcock staying, Babcock going, Babcock deciding to just leave the NHL altogether for some inexplicable reason until the off season. As much as Ken Holland and Mike Babcock have basically been telling the press, you know, we haven't been, we're not negotiating during the season. We don't want it to be a distraction. And there was also a report earlier during the season that apparently they're closer to an extension and they basically said hogwash. And I think there are signs that that this is a really attractive situation for Babcock to stay in. I just Mm -hmm. don't really think there's anything concrete we can really say that will 
that we can really talk about that would say, oh, he's definitely staying or he's definitely going. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tea leaves, and I do agree that that nothing is going to happen until the off season. Uh, he's going to get an opportunity to uh, to meet with other teams, or actually, I'm not sure he'll necessarily get an opportunity to meet with other teams. I think that um, if he does get to like full coach free agency, then I'm I'm significantly more worried. But yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen during the season. But the the recent stuff, like his comments about uh, the Patriots and and basically reloading and, and the challenge of, of being consistently good for this long, uh, combined with the fact that Toronto is looking more and more like that's not rebuild. just a, a team in need of a coach, that's a team in need of a full re- a rebuild. Um, and I, I honestly I don't think that, that Babcock wants to go through a rebuild. Why, why the hell would he? Um, especially in a city like that where there's just so much opportunity for, for messes. I mean, if he's, if he's occasionally frustrated by how much Ken Holland tends to overrule him, then I can't imagine that the ownership group or the, the management group in Toronto is just going to make him happy. Even if they promise him that the essentially, yeah, you're the GM, the GM works for you. Um, I think he's going to burn, he'd burn himself out on that. So, I mean, there are obviously going to be other options, and basically any any team that's got an ownership group that's, that wants to win is going to be willing to make Babcock the, the highest-paid coach in the league. But mm-hmm. I, I do think Detroit has the inside track on, on getting him back, and I, I'm, I'm confident it's going to happen right now. Uh, not 100% confident, but, you know, decently. If, he, if we get to July and Babcock hasn't re-signed, then I'm going to panic, but... We'll see what happens in July then. Right. Yeah, I, I don't see – outside of him getting basically a Brinks truck backed up to his house, there's nothing about Toronto that would be more attractive to, to be in for a situation than Detroit right now. I mean, if if Toronto had, had started out the season well and were playing well and maybe kind of in the thick of a playoff race or something and maybe they were a couple of pieces away, I would be a little bit more worried about them being a potential destination for them, but – at this point, the only thing they have to offer him is money and starting completely over. And that that doesn't strike me. You look, you read that article that he did, uh, that uh, Nick Katsonica wrote for Yahoo, and it's, I want to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, if he goes to Toronto, he's going to be years away from even sniffing it. So, I mean, I understand he wants to set the bar for coaches, and I this is a pure gut feeling. I think that's what this is. I think he's waiting to see how this year plays out to negotiate a higher amount of money from Holland and from, from Detroit, not just from Holland, from the Illiches. But I don't see any way that the Illiches don't match money mm-hmm. unless it's something just that is like triple what a coach makes now. I think yeah. we're the highest coach now, two I think it's Quenville. He makes like two or two and a half, something like that. He gets, yeah. Uh, I think it's either yeah, it's Quinville or Sutter, and I believe it's like just, like just south of three. So it's either two point five yeah. or two point seven. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's under three because I think the the reports are that Babcock's extension that he's got on the table is I think for three million, which would make him the highest and. Um, I, unless somebody offered him seven or eight, which I don't see happening because nobody's going to want to pay a coach that much. I mean, Babcock's a fantastic coach. I, he's not a 
He's not an $8 million a year coach. Um, I think the Illich is not money. And then it becomes a, a case of Babcock deciding what type of situation does he want. So uh, right. I, 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 think he, I think his whole plan this year has been wait and see what happens with the Red Wings and how, you know, how the team A does and how they, they deal with roster decisions. I mean, I, I don't think it's any it, – it's not a surprise that Xavier Lett spent a lot of time up. And, and not only got called up, he played. I mean, he played right. a lot. Mm-hmm. Marchenko's been called up. He's playing over Kindle. Dan Cleary is a healthy scratch night in and night out. He played a couple games. He got his bonus. You know, I, again, unless there's an injury, Dan Cleary won't, and won't play a game for the Red Wings this year. He's done. Mm-hmm. Kindle obviously is done. I mean, there's no question. The fact that I think the only way that Kindle plays again is if there's injuries, plural. Right. And even then, I think if there were an injury to the to the defense, I think they'd call it back up and play them yeah. instead. Like if uh, mm-hmm. Kaiser or Quincy got hurt, I think they'd play them in before they got uh, uh, Kindle back in there, depending on the severity of the injury. So, um, and the other thing I think too is I think San Jose is going to be a team to watch because if they fire Todd McClellan, I think he's going to be a hot name too. And Biles is still out there too. So there are other guys that are out there. Everybody's going to want to wait and see what happens with Fat Talk. But I think there are going to be teams that are going to be afraid that Detroit's just going to scoop them up and they'll go out and sign one of those guys first and it'll limit the number of spots that Fat Talk could potentially go to. Right. No, yeah, we've Carlisle got needs a job too, so. Oh. <laughs> Randy. Randy. Um someone I've actually forgotten about. <laughs> Where is Johan Franzen? And does he still have a place on this team? He's concussed. He's sitting in a dark room. Yes. Yeah. Uh I think- yes, he does. I, I think yes, he does have a spot on the team. <laughs> But is he – God, this is such a difficult situation. Is it's he – no, it isn't, but it is. It's just like – He has a spot on the third line, and the mm-hmm. old manager comes out. Problem solved. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, it's not that. It's, I, that's not the difficult part. That's not the difficult part. The difficult part is – is this guy like? Is he okay to play hockey still? I think. Like, I mean, we've all said bad things about Franzen at some point, you know. Everybody, uh, yeah. Nobody. I mean, nobody wants to see him. I mean, his career is potentially affected at this point. I, mean, he, I, I hope that he comes back and he does get to take, take Anderson's spot on the third line and he gets to play on the power play and you know play. 14, 15 minutes a night because it means his concussion issues are passed. But every time he gets hit, I, I think there's going to be some some breath holding going on, thinking, is this the one that's going to be, like, the one? If the one that he's got now isn't already. Because, I mean, there's no updates on him. Okay. Like, nobody knows what's up with him. That's it, It's scary. You don't want to see it be like this. You just hope that he comes back and he can and he can play. Yeah, there have been a ton of commenters uh, on, on WIM for the last few weeks that have been talking about really they are severely worried about Franzen's quality of life going forward. I mean, forget playing hockey. They want him to be able to, you know, 
uh, remember his own children. And I, I agree with that. Um, I'm just at, at this point where if team doctors will clear him and if he wants to take the risk, then I want him on the, on the team. Um, that's that's yeah. it because I Johan Franzen does not strike me as Jesus fucking Christ Marion Hosa scored again. I'm sorry, Johan Franzen does not strike me as the Perfect. kind of guy who speaking of yeah I know right um, is going to just is going to do that. I think that if if he's not willing to take the risk and he's he's just going to say no, I don't want to do that. I, you know, we spend all the time calling him lazy and then we're gonna. Um, we're going to go after him for, you know, wanting to, to get back in the lineup too much. I don't think so. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's what he's, he would be. So, yeah, I mean, if he comes back, then then I'm going to let him in. I'm going to pray, yeah, and I'm going to hold my breath every time that he, that he takes a bump because, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that he's he's super-duper easy to concuss now, and I don't want that to happen. Right. He'll just Nobody get a job should. at the Department of Player Safety. No. Yeah, he can hand out some capes. All right, uh, looks like this this week we've got a game at home against Pittsburgh and in Winnipeg against Winnipeg. Uh, uh, no, no. backwards. We're no? in Pittsburgh and we're other way backwards. Out. Sorry, in Pittsburgh and at home against. Winnipeg. Damn it, Maria! Ugh, fire me. <laughs> Women can't do anything right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he's. Do you have any opinions about like this game? See, <laughs> I would like to see. Sorry, I asked you guys, but <laughs> it's cool. Um, I would like to see Jimmy get a win against Winnipeg if he plays. And yeah. um, I still hate Pittsburgh. Fuck it. Just uh, mm-hmm. win 6 nothing. How can you not hate Pittsburgh? Yeah, I don't know. Even, like, good They're... Pittsburgh fans hate Pittsburgh. <laughs> the Pittsburgh broadcasters hate Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh beat writers hate Pittsburgh. It's really easy to hate teams. Yeah, I'm sure. about them because yeah, we we're coming off of like two kind of easy victories, and they're coming off of being pasted by Vancouver. So yeah, they're gonna and Sidney Crosby has been ice cold for all of 2015. So it's you just know that the Penguins have uh, like a seven to one win in them coming soon, and you're just kind of praying that that the Red Wings aren't that team. Right. I mean, they just won two in a row. Uh, shout out Calgary and Edmonton. So, man, man, but then I got spanked yeah, by Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I, I think know, I don't think the Penguins are a very good team. Like I think that they're a decent team. Yeah. They're um, they're as likely to come out of the East as as I don't know, basically anybody. Maybe I think they're as likely as the Isles because the Isles have a uh, goaltending issues. But right. Like they just don't, they don't scare me. Like they've done such a, a piss poor job of building around Crosby and Malkin, which was supposed to it's supposed to be a pretty fucking easy thing to do. But geez, like I don't, I can't name a guy on their fourth line. Can you? Yeah, can anybody? you know what? Um, 
um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Douchebag Downey. No, he's like a second liner. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, that game (laughs) is going to be decided so much. Like, if the Red Wings win that game, I think it's going to be because that the third and fourth line just come out and they, they play lights out and they, they do really well against the matchups. Um, that, or I think Babcock does one of his crazy, crazy schemes where the fourth line is taking on fucking Sidney Crosby. And, and then you've got, um, Pavel Datsu going up against their third or fourth line. And, you know, I don't know. Um, it's worked before, but you know, obviously that the wins weren't pretty, but well, I guess we'll have to have to see, but that's what I think it's going to come down to. See, one thing I will look forward to is if uh, if their coach will let it happen, uh, Datsuk versus Malkin, because I really like watching Datsuk play against other Russian superstars. <laughs> I think he always that's true. increases he always mm-hmm. brings his game a little bit higher. Absolutely. Um, but no, if if they win, it'll be uh, this is going to be a rivalry night game, so it'll be on NBCSN. Uh, subtle mm-hmm. interference will be the. Uh, yeah, like cheating and and lots and lots of highlights from 2007, 2008, 2009 or 2008, 2009. And lots of active sticks. <laughs> How many times do you guys think they'll play the the Cronwell shot of him like hitting that crossbar and then you know like looking down at the on the bench? I hate I'll throw myself off of a, I'll throw myself off of the building. No, I won't. Yeah, don't do that. All right, Maybe. guys. Yeah. Do you guys have any final Maybe. thoughts? Um, Maybe. You know what we didn't talk about is adding uh, – we, we talked about adding defense, but we didn't talk about adding offense. Do we think that there are any forwards that – that Detroit could add. Who the hell's even on the trade block? Yeah. Really, I mean, it's thin. Vermette. It's pretty thin. Vermette. Vermette. And, um, <laughs> Chitura, I think. Yeah, I think they're all they're all coyotes. <laughs> yeah, basically every coyote forward is is up yeah. for grabs, except Shane Doan. Um, well, Marty, there were there were the rumors that Edmonton was going to be shopping like. Paul or Yakupov, but I, you don't hear that anymore. Um, I mean, everybody on Buffalo is available. Uh, yeah, I mean, except, um, what's his face? The, the, the Latvian guy. Jurgensen's an NS. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'd be the only one that wouldn't be available. But, I mean, it, you just take all the sellers that exist and just, you know, go up and down their roster. But Vermette's going to get moved for a mint at the deadline, and somebody's going to overpay for him. Uh, two years ago, I would have said Vermette would have been a guy the Wayne should target like crazy. Um, yeah. But they have uh, – I, I think they have more than enough forward depth. Uh, the only type of player that I think would be – if if Evander Kane were healthy, I would love to see the Wayne take a run at him because – Totally. I, I know everybody said it, but, I mean, if – if Evander Kane does indeed have an attitude problem, and I don't know if he does or not because I don't know nearly enough about him or anything. I think personally, I think he's a 22 or 23 year old kid who um, sounds like he's doesn't sound like he's very well liked by his teammates. But um, 
if ever I think there was a locker room where he could go in and just kind of shake off all that the stuff from the Winnipeg media and all that stuff, I think it would be Detroit because I think he could come in and just be a, a hockey player and that would be it. You know, I could see what's happening with Evander Kane. I could actually see uh, Tomas Tatar being like a mentor to him, even though they're basically the same age. Um, because they, I see a, a few similarities, like attitude-wise, as far as like they just need that kind of you know to basically be treated like an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and Babs is, has been admittedly harder on on Tatar than with a lot of other people, but it's really helped him. And it hasn't like Babs Babcock hasn't broken Tatar's spirit. Uh, he's just focused it. So I think that would be a, absolutely. I'd be interested to see in seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. So, I think that'd be nice. But that's not gonna happen. So um no. dream on. So I guess the I guess the consensus is no, no forwards. Um there's a lot of depth down there in Grand Rapids. Timu Polkin is knocking on the door, um, and has been for a while now. So um well, uh, I think we we're we're safe on the forward front, uh, barring a catastrophic injury. Knock on wood. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it, every day every day passes, and I'm being more convinced that maybe it's okay to stand stand pat and just stay the course and just um, believe in the process. Um, you know. Just, it's a fine line between making a move that can win now without sacrificing the future. I right. Mean, because I think it's it's become pretty obvious that Tatar and Nyquist, they have a, a good, a, this, this, I, I don't want to call them the second coming of like the Euro Twins, but they have this, this next dynamic duo that I think can be very good for quite a long time. seems to be that the Red Wings do this where they get, you know, they had Datsuk and Zetterberg. Now, then it was Tatar and Nyquist. It was supposed to be Yarncroft and Polkadin, but wah, wah. Uh, and now it's Larkin and Mantha. That is, you know, the, 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 they're the new hotness, just Larkin and Mantha. When Larkin and Mantha going to get them? So, um, yeah, I mean, they're set for, I think, the future. Five years ago, I was very afraid of what the Red Wings were going to look like now. And now it's like three years from now. True. And God, if they don't, if they don't screw up, they they could win a cup easy. They could win a cup. I mean, there are a lot of teams that windows are starting to shut a little bit, um, or they're starting to move into that that phase of well, they're good, but they're not what they were. I'm thinking of like Chicago. I mean, Chicago's going to be gutted after this year. Boston's going down. I mean, that de- their defense is garbage. Um, yeah, you know, Tampa's. Ta- I mean, Tampa's young and good. Montreal is is young and good. Detroit's young and good. Um, if you look in the in the metro, the Islanders are young and good. That's about it. Um, I think that uh, there's a move out there that I think puts the Red Wings over the top, but it's it's a huge move. It's a Yandel or an OEL or, or a guy like that, but. I think that's the only type of move you make. Don't make a stupid depth move just to move guys around. I don't think you have to make that. I don't think you should make that. 
don't pay a premium for Mary Sidlicky. Oh, <laughs> Mary Sidlicky. Jeez. <clears throat> Nowhere. Not a one. Right, real quick, I want to go over a few uh, comments from the, the post earlier today that I think we've yeah, covered yeah. a lot of the stuff that gets asked in here, but um, there's there's three that I've picked out. Uh, the very first one from Octopus Connoisseur, uh, as far as which uh, which prospect has has impressed us the most, and what do we want to see, think in the near future, and opinion on the whole trade bait topic that came up when Marchenko was recalled. Uh, I think as far as prospects being called up, I have to still say that that Woulette is probably it because he's played he played so many games like. Marchenko is only a three-game sample size. I've loved these three games, but I I can't make a call based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely sure. not. No, mm-hmm. too early. Too early. I'm talking about like him. Yeah. Go ahead. We're yeah. bound to see more from Marchenko, and that's good. So we'll get a good handle on it. He still reminds me of a giraffe on skates at times, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean as far as the. Whole- as far as prospects go, um, the, the obvious one to say is Dylan Larkin. I mean, obviously it's not NHL level, but, you know, the kid has been money ever since uh, World Juniors, so he's been on a tear. Um, uh, but I think but I think an unpopular, an unpopular one and a kid that I'm really, really excited for is this Axel Holmstrom kid. I, I don't know what it is about him, but he's just, he reminds me like he's got he's got he can score, but he's at the same time plays such a snarly game, and uh, um, you know just watching him in the World Juniors, obviously. But um, it was still it's a sample. But you know it's just I think for a seventh rounder, I think that's a I think I'm 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 pretty damn excited to see to see what he's got, and I hope that they move him over to North America soon. You know. I'm all in on uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, he needs. I want him to be. I want him to be like Brendan Gallagher. I want him to be one of those little piss ants that can score, but will will fuck with you. Uh, as far as the option, of, like the the trade bait uh, that got thrown around when Marchenko got re- recalled. Um, honestly, and I'll I'll say this about everybody. As far as prospects go, I will trade them. I am not at all sold on. Like I think that we've got good defensemen. I think that uh, uh, in our prospect pool we have great, we have good ones. I'm not sure if we have great ones. I'd be totally willing on uh, willing to spend some of those potentially great assets for one for a guy who is like 80 percent likely to be as as good as those guys ever get right now. Uh, I would spend right. that, but um, for sure. I guess I have to I have to see the specific move before I say whether or not like. Marchenko for mm-hmm. Cody Franson straight up. No, I don't think I'd do that. But, um, but yeah, I don't mind spending those assets. Uh, I think we've got too many defensive prospects right now, and I'm I'm worried about the concept of of losing any of them on waivers because we simply won't have enough room for them. So, I mean, it is what yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you've got as many prospects as they do, and I mean, there like I say, there's there's a logjam at defense that it's not going to be solved in a year or two. I mean, there's. Right. I mean, we talked about the four pros, the four defensive prospects of Ulet, uh, uh, Marchenko, Sproul, and Jensen usually gets thrown in there as the as the fourth one. You've got four guys for what two spots 
over the next couple of years. And yeah. one of them is going to be taken up by probably Ouellette, based on what you know what we see. And then <clears throat> maybe Marchenko and Sproul's knocking on the door because, I mean, I think he gets a look next year. So, you know, at this point, if you believe that they're close enough to be NHL players and you legitimately don't think that you're going to have a spot for some of them, trade them. Use them to acquire even better players that you can then plug into your NHL lineup and make your NHL team even better. And if they turn out to be good NHL players, oh, well, you know, hopefully the return is pretty good. But, I mean, at this point, all the prospects are there. It's all potential. So that's all you're trading is potential. Right. Yep. All right. Next up, we had a uh, team kicker death was all over this thread, but his very first question uh, is there any chance Marchenko or Sproul get a chance on the power play before the trade deadline? Uh, Sproul, almost certainly no. no. And Marchenko, I don't know. I mean, the, the power play is doing so well. I, why change it? I mean, I don't yeah, like. Yeah. I don't necessarily like Danny DeKaiser on the power play just because I don't, just don't think he's very good back there. But fuck it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> power play is different. Right yeah, don't you know, if, if it ain't yeah. broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. In Marchenko's favor is basically that he's a right hand shot, but. Whatever. That's holy grail. <clears throat> ah, fuck it. Put Glenn Denning out there. Yo. Hey, there we go. Speaking of which, the other question, uh, Austin uh, HB, why is Glenn Denning on the third line with Weiss and Shahan instead of Yurko? I've got a theory, but I want to hear yours first. Well, my theory is probably around the same as yours because we've talked about it, but I'll let well, you Well, you take credit for it then. No, you can well, it's basically that uh, I think that they are truly I, – I think that Babcock knows what he's got in Yurko right now, and he is just seriously just still grooming him for fourth-line grinding uh, because when it's time for the playoffs and you need to to move somebody up, having Thomas Yurko with basically being uh, developed as – kind of like Datsuk's reverse where Datsuk was allowed to – uh, be all hands, and then he had to develop the physicality early. They're developing Yurko's physicality uh, to the detriment of his hands, knowing that those are going to come right back as soon as uh, you you unleash him. And he's stomping ass in the fourth line right now anyway. So that's hey, another non-problem to fix it. So uh, Glenn Dunning is, I don't know, he's, I guess he's kind of a, a space taker up right now in the third line. I'm not exactly thrilled with it, but I like how much Yurko makes our fourth line uh, kick ass uh, compared to how much Glenn Denning uh, quote unquote hurts our third line. And I'm not sure that he necessarily hurts it that much, but mm-hmm. yeah, obviously he's, they would be better with Yurko there. He's been I, you know, on the third line. He's, I mean, I'm no Glenn Denning uh, super fan like uh, Kyle is, but um, he's, he's creating offense on that line, which from a third line, yeah, he is. I mean, it's he's he's doing he's actually doing well. I I don't I don't hate him in, as a third line winger. I hate him less as a third line winger than I did as a fourth line center. Right, I agree. I believe it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 playing his role, and he's he's. I mean, third line winger is as good as it's going to get for him. But um, he's he's a good skater. He. It actually looks like he might have not the most stone hands in the history of time. Um, he mixes it up a little bit. And, you know, I, I like Yurko on the fourth line because I think he gets these nice, easy minutes. Just as a note, 
Thomas Yurko has um, his shooting percentage this year is three percent. League average is around <laughs> seven eight. So, and he's taken sixty six shots. He got two goals. So, um, it's gonna come up. Yeah, I mean that's you can't shoot three percent forever. Not for a guy as talented as Yurko is. So his shooting percentage will come up. And when it does, all of a sudden now you've got yet another weapon from your from your bottom six, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. All yeah. about that depth scoring. Held to the yeah. We like our okay. team. I think I like the team too. I think they're they're good as long as they don't as long as they don't lose six in a row. I like that. <laughs> or two in a row. I can't wait. They're gonna lose six in a row. Yeah. You're gonna be like McDavid. Gotta get McDavid. Yep. Yeah. Gotta get. They're him. gonna be. They're gonna be down two nothing in the first period on Wednesday. So good tank it. Just tank. <laughs> so good McEichel. Who cares? Let's, let's take one. <laughs> so that was fun. I like talking hockey with my buds. Me too. I think what it got me so excited it's that I unfortunately have to also watch 82 Ottawa Center games. So um, it's yeah, it's how exciting. That. Yeah, I know. I still have time. Um, how exciting the Red Wings are to watch and to have the like energy that just seemed to lack for years now. Um, honestly, it's it's awesome. You you can watch a game any night and you know it's gonna be. For the most part, fun. They've played just they've played fun, entertaining games most of the season, and I think that that's it's something that's been lacking. Like, I mean, last season was fun because they just you're like, well, are they gonna get in? But it it they're just they're just an, an energized group that's just it's been a while and it, it feels awesome. And I know we're always trying to I like, agree. hockey hockey dad the team and nitpick at it, but you know it's it's exciting to watch them and it's. Uh, Got to enjoy that a bit sometimes. I agree. Well, right. plus the perspective dis- difference has to be like huge for you. That's like you're watching Ottawa Senators games, and that's like Ugh. paint your eye. And then you get to switch over the Red Wings, and that's like the Blue Angels flying over a monster truck rally. <laughs> yeah, I've got Eric like cheering for like goals now because he's just like the the sense games are draining. Uh, they're, they're just terrible, and they're boring, and it's, you know, Chris Neal, and their they're defensemen, everything about the Senators is horrible, so. Um, yeah, but you want to come from a thought, huh? At, at least I, you're not no, I, I, watching I, Devil Agent. 82 Bruins games. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> uh, Jeff enjoys that. Yeah, he, he's like a Bruins fan now. Jeff loves no. the Bruins. Not, not anymore. They traded Sagan. And Joseph they're the, going to have to trade someone else, apparently. Yeah, just keep trading away all the garbage to make Milan Lucci's good again. Trade Marshawn to the Blues. Oh, God. Oh, God. The jokes. Trade Marshawn to the Blues for Steve Ott. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so uh, that's been good. That's uh, let's do it again soon. 
Do it after oh, the trade yeah. deadline. Like right after the trade deadline so we can either marvel or do about something yeah, that so we'll have did happened about. or didn't happen. Hey guys, remember when we uh when nothing happened? That's fun. Uh, we used to have those chats and we would all go on the chat and nothing ever happened. It, it was, I don't know why. It's the same with the draft. We would all do like the draft chat and like two picks before the trade was due up. They would trade the pick to the second round and then we all watched the draft for nothing. It was always such a terrible yep. idea. Uh yeah, I think the most right, entertaining so, conversation we've ever had in a draft chat was uh, like the correct way to load a dishwasher. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was actually a very good conversation. But yeah, that was that, that was either a draft or a, a trade deadline. Uh, yeah, I can't chat. remember. That was. Yeah. It looks like I'll be at the draft this year. So. <laughs> All right. Oh, and um, I'll be seeing Red Army. Later on this month, so look forward to hearing my words about that because I'm very excited about that. Excellent. Yes, sir. So, all right. Um, I think we'll we'll close it up with that. Everyone, everyone happy with that? I think it's great. Yep. Shut us all up. Terrible. Idiots. I'm just waiting for Marion Hosa to score a hat trick. That's all. <laughs> all right. So it's a good night from us here at uh, Wing Yoda Motan and all our lovely guests. And we'll see you next time. Good night, sweet prince. Wing it. 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 Wing